0: Uh, I'm gonna say no one's better than me. Yeah. Let's go. Good morning everyone and welcome to the Friday, July 31st edition of Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and we have plenty of to dig into today, inspired by yesterday's show. Talking about Tua and his quest for the starting role and expectations and how Brian Flores wants to handle it. Well, I decided to look at the scope of the last decade of rookie quarterbacks and some of the numbers and the averages and law of averages and what it's going to indicate that we should expect from Tua as a top five pick in the NFL draft, knowing full well that medically speaking, there will be no limitations at the start of camp. But before we do, want to touch on a topic that Brian Flores covered in his recent press availability uh, that is relevant to us today uh, in this 2020 year of oddities and trials. Uh, Brian Flores hoping to learn a lesson and hoping his team learns a lesson from what is going on in some of the other sports in their return to play. Earlier this week, Brian Flores met with the South Florida media via Zoom and discussed several dynamics of the team entering the 2020 training camp window. There's approximately a two-week window before the team will be able to put on the pads and begin practice, but in the meantime, Brian Flores hopes that the lessons learned from the Miami Marlins' COVID-19 outbreak, can help his Dolphins keep their 2020 season in focus and in the priority. Flores told the media, our message has been more along the lines of, let's try to do everything possible so that the Marlins situation doesn't happen. Let's wear the mask. Let's distance. Let's test. We are testing on a daily basis. That's kind of been where our thought process has been. Flores continued, yes, we have had those conversations about what it would take to send everyone home or what if a catastrophe happened. Yes, we have had those. And there's a plan of action for that. I'm not going to get into that, but most of our energy has been towards doing the necessary things to prevent that situation. And that's the message I've tried to give the team and really everyone in the organization, players, coaches, equipment, training staff, and I think the leadership within the organization, they're all sending that exact same message. Message As the Dolphins and the NFL get ready for the 2020 season and the attempt to ramp up, you have to look at the data across all of the other leagues that have gone before, which now includes the NBA in the bubble, and the bubble being in Orlando. Uh, State of Florida is one of the most prevalent COVID-19 outbreak regions right now. The data is promising outside of the Marlins situation, where the other MLB teams have had uh, overwhelmingly positive uh, results of their their screening and testing to this point, despite the fact that there is travel and a return to play. Granted, that travel is amended. It's not your standard MLB schedule. It's much more regional. It's something that may, the NFL may have to consider, if they have a hard time with their uninterrupted schedule as they they plan to go off without a hitch right now. The NBA has the luxury of being in a bubble. The bubble is not, from a logistic standpoint, reasonable or feasible. So we may see the NFL, if they have to pivot, pivot to more of a regionalized schedule so that an outbreak in one region is not going to cross-pollinate and pollute the entirety of the NFL schedule. But you look at the Marlins situation and the big lesson there. For the Miami Dolphins and all 32 NFL teams, honestly, is there were reports that at least one Miami Marlins player went out on the town in Atlanta last week before the team traveled to Philadelphia. And that was extracurricular activity that then prompted the, the widespread pollination of COVID throughout the Marlins organization. Their players on the travel trip and the coaches as well. Those sorts of things can't happen, and Brian Flores, being a coach that has really good player relations, and relationships with each of his players, and and, and young, hungry players, I think it will be an easier sell for Brian Flores than some other coaches at some other stops to be able to talk to his players and say candidly, guys, this is a work trip. We're here for business, we're going to travel, we're going to play this game, we're going to come home, let's keep our eye on the prize, and let's stay focused. If Brian Flores can use the lessons from the Miami Marlins, who had one person, or a handful of people, who reportedly were relaxed whilst traveling for work, and went out and got this virus, if he can use that lesson and he can point to that, then I think this Dolphins team is going to have a great chance of being able to stay focused on the big picture. And Brian Flores, being the players coach that he is, should have an easier time with that than some others. RockAuto.com is a family business who's providing auto parts customers online for 20 years. Whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake lights, New carpet or motor oil, rockauto.com has everything you need for your classic or daily driver in one easy-to-navigate catalog that in just a few clicks can bring anything you need directly to your front door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and pay up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com today. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So I want to shift gears here, and I want to talk about the law of averages and rookie quarterbacks and what that means we should expect Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So this inspiration came from listening to Mike Florio and Chris Sims talk about the Miami Dolphins, talking about the dynamics of Tua, and Mike Florio of NBC Sports, Pro Football Talk, stated that 21 of the last 30 first-round quarterbacks went on to start at least 10 games for their team their rookie season. So I did the research. That goes back to 2010. Obviously not including the 2020 class. So 10 years worth of NFL drafts. An average of three quarterbacks per year. And 70% of them start at least 10 games. Statistically speaking, we've got four quarterbacks in this year's 2020 draft. From a statistical standpoint, we will see three of those guys start 10 plus games this year. Joe Burrow... Provided he stays healthy, he's going to be a lock. He has no competition. Jordan Love behind Green Bay. That's a common sense indicator. He's probably not going to start a very large majority. If at all. Which leaves Justin Herbert with the Los Angeles Chargers and Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins as, law of averages, probable 10-plus game starters this year. But I wanted to look at from a t- statistical perspective, because everybody you know, everybody has put Tua on this pedestal as a player, and rightfully so. He's an amazing prospect. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've graded in the last five years. But we've put him on this pedestal, and it feels like there's this expectation that he's going to come in and just rock it to the likes in which the league has never seen. So I went through and I did the math. I want to talk to you guys about the math. I want to talk to you about touchdowns and turnovers and yardage and quarterback rating and sack rates and so on and so forth. And then we're going to talk about some trends that I saw with individual case studies all throughout. So, law of averages suggests three of the four 2020 rookies will play 10-plus games. Of the 21 first-round quarterbacks, out of a possible 30, to start 10-plus games, the average number of touchdowns thrown is 16.3 passing touchdowns in a season. The high-water mark, Baker Mayfield threw for 27, which is the NFL rookie record back in 2018. From that standpoint, he knocked it out of the park. He had his ups and downs. He had a regression last year. Freddie Kitchens doesn't know how to coach his way out of a paper bag. That's fine. But at the very least, Baker was lights out in explosive plays Last year, in 2019, not this past year, the year before. Of the 21 first-round quarterbacks to start 10-plus games since 2010, the average number of interceptions thrown is 12.9. So your average quarterback will have 16.3 touchdown passes to just short of 13 interceptions. The high-water mark there, 18, thrown by Andrew Luck, who also threw for 4,300 yards. One of four rookie quarterbacks to throw for over 4,000 yards in his rookie season. Of the 21 first-round quarterbacks since 2010 to start 10-plus games, the average number of passing yards thrown is 3,057. High watermark there, as I mentioned, Andrew Luck in 2012, 4,374 yards. Only other rookies to surpass 4,000 was Cam Newton in 2011. He was the first ever to do it. And Jameis Winston in 2015. And all three of those guys started all 16 games. So the law of averages, an average rookie season for a first-round quarterback. 3,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. If you get a better ROI than that, hey, you're playing with house money, guys. And I think that's important because if Tua comes out and he throws for 3,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 10 picks... Are we going to be fawning all over ourselves about it? If it's in 12 games? We should be. The average quarterback rating of these 21 quarterbacks is 79.5. Not QBR, which is out of 100. Quarterback rating, which is out of 158.3. Average, 79.5. That's the bad news. The good news is if you take the six worst names off of that list, which are Blaine Gabbert, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Blake Bortles, Christian Ponder, and Brandon Whedon, they were the sixth worst from a quarterback rating perspective. If You remove them from the list, the average jumps up to 86.9. So, what does that tell you? It tells you Gabbert, Rosen, Josh Allen, Blake Bortles, Christian Ponder, and Brandon Whedon were brutal as rookies, first and foremost. But other than that, it also tells you, if you have a good season, quarterback rating is one of the places in which you will find it. There has only ever been one rookie quarterback in this defined time frame, from 2010 till now, to finish his rookie season with a quarterback rating in excess of 100. The man's name was Robert Griffin III. He had a 102.4 quarterback rating over 15 games, passed for 3,200 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 5 picks. Also was very active in the ground game in Washington, mismanaged the hell out of that situation. And the injuries uh, knocked him off course, and he never recovered. Word of caution to the Miami Dolphins, right? I'll say this. If Tua ends up not starting this year, it's not the end of the world. Patrick Mahomes started his first 15 games. Some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now did not meet the classifications set forth by starting 10-plus games. His rookie season, Patrick Mahomes started one. Deshaun Watson, his rookie season, started six. He played in seven before he tore his ACL. He was amazing when he played in a quarterback rating of 103. 19 touchdowns and 8 interceptions over 6 starts, 6.5 total games played. Astronomical touchdown rate. But, nevertheless, didn't start 10 games. Some of the other guys who didn't start 10 plus games. Lamar Jackson started the final 7 games of the season. He went 6-1. and one. Granted, the offense was not tailored to him. You saw the Ravens adopt a drastically different offense from year one to year two that that was actually tailored to what Lamar Jackson does well and magically Lamar Jackson wins the NFL MVP
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: It's not a kiss of death. Jared Goff also did not qualify. And Jared Goff is kind of the exception to the rule. Jared Goff is the only NFL quarterback this decade to be drafted inside the top five picks to not start 10 plus games for his team. The only one. And when he did play, he was abysmal. The Rams went 0 7. He completed 54% of his passes. He threw five touchdowns to seven interceptions over these seven games. He was sacked 26 times, which was 11% of his dropbacks. And he had an adjusted net yards per attempt, which factors in throwaways and sacks, based on your dropbacks and how much yardage you produce. He had an adjusted net yards per attempt of 2.82 yards per attempt. Abysmal. Now, the biggest takeaway from all of that should be Top five rookie quarterbacks. How many have there been in the last 10 years? 13. 13 quarterbacks in the last 10 years taken inside the top five. Jared Goff is the only one to not start 10-plus games. So if Tua doesn't start 10-plus games, he becomes the second example of that in 11 years. So our expectation should be 10 plus games. And even if he doesn't play well, Jared Goff was a disaster. It's not a kiss of death. But you would, of course, like to see him play at a high level. What are the best measures of measuring performance? In order to get a more complete picture, what I have done is I've compiled three separate lists. I've compiled the list of all 30 first-round quarterbacks taken over the past 10 years and divided them into two separate groups. Those who started 10 games or more and those who started less than 10 games. And I also took rookie quarterbacks not drafted in the first round who started more than 10 games in their rookie season so that I can have a comparative measure across the past decade of all the prominent rookie starting quarterbacks, regardless of where you were drafted, and the first-round guys who didn't start at 10-plus game rate. The most telling statistic that I have been able to come across is that adjusted net yards per attempt. What is the magic number? The magic number is 5.5. If you are able to finish your rookie season with an average net yards per attempt rate of 5.5 or better, the odds are strong you are going to be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. There were a grand total... Of 13 quarterbacks who met and hit above 5.5 adjusted net yards per attempt. Their names in descending order from most adjusted net yards per attempt to least. Dak Prescott, 2016, 7.86. Robert Griffin III, 2012, 7.47. He was good. Injuries became the problem and derailed him. Word of caution. Deshaun Watson, 2017, 7.19. Russell Wilson, 2012, 7.01. If you finished at 7 or above and you don't get hurt, you're a great starting quarterback at the NFL level. Baker Mayfield, 2018, 6.77. Jameis Winston, 2015, 6.44. Threw for 5,000 yards last year. Say what you will about the turnovers. And it's promising that he just got LASIK, so maybe he can see better. Gardner Minshew, this past year, 178th overall pick. Threw for 3,200 yards, 21 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Team went 6-6 in his starts, 6.44 adjusted net yards per attempt. Cam Newton, 2011, 6.24. Marcus Mariota, another guy who injuries took their toll wore him down, and changed his style of play, more mentally broke him than RG3. RG3, I think, just his body never returned. Marcus Mariota, his body broke down from the hits, and he was sacked his rookie season at a rate of 9.3% of his dropbacks, an alarmingly high rate. 6.1 adjusted net yards per attempt, however. How's this for a stretch? Lamar Jackson, 2018. Andrew Luck, 2012. Andy Dalton, 2011. Kyler Murray, last year. Those are the guys with over 100 pass attempts. Patrick Mahomes would be in this group as well, but he only started one game week 16 his rookie season. So it's a very small sample size, but he is included in here as well. Prescott, Watson, Wilson, Mayfield, Newton, Jackson, Luck, Murray, Mahomes, five and a half or better, adjusting net yards per attempt, odds are pretty strong you're going to be a solid quarterback at the NFL level. That's a magic number for Tua. Where's the kith of death? Because you get some of these guys in between didn't make the cut. Some of the names that didn't make the cut, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Brandon Whedon, Mike Glennon, E.J. Manuel, Derek Carr, Sam Bradford. These are the guys that are kind of in like the purgatory window, right? These guys all had between 5.49 and 4.5 adjusted net yards per attempt. This is the QB purgatory window. Don't really know Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill this past year, but Carson Wentz for sure is kind of the uh, the lone standout here is a player who you would expect him to be in the tier above him. And the quarterbacks with an adjusted net yardage per attempt rating that came in under four and a half adjusted adjusted yards. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, Christian Ponder, Dwayne Haskins, Geno Smith, Blake Bortles, Deshaun Kaiser, Blaine Gabbert, Josh Rosen, Jimmy Clausen, Jared Goff. You'd say Jared Goff, you know, if you're a fan of Jared Goff, say he's an exception much like Carson Wentz, but the law of averages are very clear. You have an overwhelmingly lower success rate below five and a half. So what should we expect for Tua with this knowledge? What should we hope for Tua? Ignore the raw numbers, right? Ignore Oh, how many passing yards did he get? He only passed for 3,100 yards his rookie season. He only averaged 220 yards per game. What's the efficiency like? That adjusted net yards per attempt is a great measure. If we were to assume Tua was going to start all 16 games which is a massive jump to make and not one that I'm necessarily comfortable assuming, but at least it's on the table, right? If he averaged 220 yards per game over 16 games, it's 3,500 passing yards. That would be outstanding. If he averaged 200, it's 3,200 passing yards. That's perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine with those numbers, so long as the sack numbers are down, because that will tie into adjusted net yards per attempt, and we see that number sitting in the range that makes us feel confident that he's in the right stratosphere based on his performance this rookie season. Hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown in-depth, specifically talking about Tua Tonga-Valoa. His expectations, what our expectations should be, why we shouldn't necessarily be looking at their traditional passing statistics to get a context. I think there's better stories to be told when you look into the efficiency of his passing versus just the raw output that he's able to produce. I'm Kyle Krabs. That is going to do it for us today on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. I certainly enjoyed digging into it. Keep it locked in. Right here on Locked On Dolphins, hit subscribe and come on back and see us again next week.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.